Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. Is that Doug and Stephanie to come in here? Thank y'all so much for being here this morning. Thank you. He's been through quite a quite an ordeal. I'm sure glad to see you able to be back in the house of the Lord. Than to be a king of a vast domain and be held in sin's drift I'd rather have Jesus than it. This old world affords today than to be a king of a vast domain and be. than anything this old world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause I'd rather have Jesus more than anything this old world affords today than to be the king of a And be held in sin's way. Oh, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this old world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him more than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus 
more than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail scarred than to be a king of a vast domain and be rather have Jesus than anything this old world afford. Not even Rockefeller could afford. Could afford oh, than I'd rather have Jesus more than, more than riches more than of this world. To have the presence of God is worth more than riches untold. This old world can afford. Even Bill Gates today, we'd rather have Jesus more than all their piles of money. Yes, yes. Because in the end, you don't take it with you. That's right. They talked about Jeff Bezos, all the money he has from uh, the, the uh, software and things, but the second he leaves this world, it's Amazon. Yeah, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. When he stands before the Lord, the Lord's not going to care that he owned Amazon. What's going to matter is if he had a, had a relationship with the Lord and, and, and repented and had his blood, had the blood of Jesus applied. It's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord this morning to feel his presence in our midst today. Amen. We certainly enjoyed our trip. The Lord was gracious to us and uh, we uh, were able to meet Brother Daniel's mom and dad and uh, be in church with them there at Brother Ard's. Well, it's good to be back home, church. Amen. It really is so good to have my good friend Doug and his precious wife with us this morning. I trust that we can be a blessing to you here this morning. It's in my heart to be. I, I was uh, studying in, uh, a message there, and, and I felt like the Lord give it to me for the church here said well I'll try it out down there but when I when I got home Friday evening seemed like all that left me brother Philip and I had to start all over again <laughs> amen so uh, I, I trust I can help you today it's in my heart to be a blessing if you have your Bibles and like to read with us in the book of Luke some very familiar scripture Luke chapter 10 will certainly covet your prayers today I want to <clears throat> I want to start reading and Verse 25, Luke 10 and 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? 
And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy strength and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Another one of the writers said, Church, all the commandments were briefly comprehended in this one uh, uh, commandment here. And really, there wouldn't be any need for all the commandments and all if people would just obey this one commandment right here. Amen. You know, our nation has no telling how many hundreds of laws and and these laws that we have, church, are derived from the Ten Commandments, and they are an attempt to enforce those commandments. Our whole judicial system is based on this, and the Ten Commandments would be lived if people would just love God with all their heart, and with all their soul, and with all their strength and mind, and their neighbor as himself, and that's what I want to use for our thought this morning. The Lord would anoint us and help us on who is my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Would you stretch your hand once more and ask the Lord to help us? Please, God. Lord, I realize how helpless I am without you, without your anointing, without your touch. And Lord, I felt like you dealt with my heart concerning these scriptures today. And I ask God that you breathe on us the breath of the Holy Ghost and let these words, not me, but the words that you have given me, oh God, let it weigh heavy on our hearts. And Lord, that we can realize that without you, we are not going very far in life. Without you, Lord, we won't even make it to the portals of glory. God, would you visit us in these altars today and we'll honor you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. You know, that would be all that would be necessary is this one commandment here. And church, it's because of what people do to each other, to harm each other, that breaks the commandments of God and breaks the law of God. Nobody would dare to steal from anybody if they loved them as they loved themselves. Amen. Nobody would commit adultery because they would be harming someone else if they loved them as they loved themselves. And nobody would bear false witness against someone else if they loved them like they loved themselves. Nobody would sin against God if they loved God like they ought to. And that's not my message, but it's the truth, church. Verse 28 said, And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Now Jesus here said to this young lawyer, you have answered right. Now, church, this, this man here could have been saved in his time. You know, grace dispensation here being such the Christian era had not yet begun in its total sense. Amen. But, but this man here could have had life eternal had he just did what he spoke here to Jesus. But since he's carnal, and he's willing to try to justify himself like so many are, church. You know, it's always been human nature. Did you ever notice nobody, or it, it don't matter who they are, they have a tendency, church, to, uh, you know, try to make.
make themselves look better in any situation. You know, they, some vain carnal attempt to justify the reason they do what they do. Amen. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you've you've uh, uh, followed somewhat uh, this uh, lawyer Murdoch uh, murder trial, and and uh, you know he. Uh, I listened to the statement that the judge made there. I don't know if y'all listened to that, but I'm telling you that the judge looked like went as far as he could go to try to help that man to just quit lying. And they had, they'd asked him, you know, they caught him in all those lies, and they said, well, why are you lying? He said, well, when you start lying, you just keep on doing it. And that judge said, when will you stop lying? And he just blatantly stood up and, and just lied again. And, you know, you, you, you look at that, I'm sure the judge had the opportunity to just make that one life sentence or have them both into one where that would be 30 years. You know, he's 54, he'd be, what, 84 years old when he got out. But because of his compulsive line, he just made them consecutive 60 years you know he's not going to get out church but the you know the the commentators are made some statements after and the lawyer you know they said he'll go to that maximum uh prison there and uh they will uh, evaluate him for 45 days and then they placed in there that that prison is uh, housing some of the most uh hardened, hideous criminals. And, uh, you know, he was a prosecuting attorney. And uh, no doubt there are going to be some in that uh, prison house. Brother Richard and Brother Daniel would know more about that. That uh, has some score to settle with this guy if he helped put them there in that prison. But, you know, there, there was a man that asked a lawyer friend, he said, why do you have to study law? You know, you, you already have the law. Why do you have to study it? The law says do this, and if you, if you break the law, uh, why aren't you punished according to the law? And the lawyer said, if you want to know, the law was plain, and, and anybody can understand it. But he said, we study how to get around the law. And, you know, well, that, that, that was nice of him to admit it, church. But there was an old preacher one time. Some lawyers jumped him, and uh, he was an extemporous uh, speaker. He just took off, and some people can do that. I can't do that. But he, you know, they, uh, no notes or anything, just, just take off and just... Uh, to speak, and so they challenged him, and they said, why do you do that? He said, well, that's just the way that I am. They said, well, don't you make some mistakes sometimes? He said, well, uh, I might make a mistake some, uh, on something. They said, well, what do you do when you make a mistake? He said, well, he said, if, uh, if the mistake uh, is bad enough, I correct it. And tell the people that that's that's not right, that that's wrong about that. But he said, if I tell something and it's almost right, he said, I just let it alone. He said, for instance, 
if I would say the devil is a lawyer instead of a liar, he said, that's the closer to the truth. He said, I just let it alone. Amen. <laughs> but church, you know, real true Judaism, they look forward to Christianity. And when Christianity came about, uh, Judaism died. And so uh, the lawyer here, he tried to justify himself. And he said, well, uh, you said to love my neighbor as myself. He said, who is my neighbor? So the Lord told a great story here, church. Jesus was real good at telling things that happened. And, and, and this, this is what brought it about. You know, sometimes one thing leads to another. And so verse 30 said, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, history says that was a bad road, church. There are even certain places around here that you wouldn't want to be after dark. Amen. But history says that 40,000 people had been dismissed from working on Herod's uh, temple. And it was a 19-mile strip from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And there were a lot of thieves on that road. And, and uh, they, they would rob you, and sometimes they would even kill you. And so they, they caught this man here coming from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and they robbed him, and they took his clothes off, and they left him, the Bible said, half dead. Verse 31 said, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. I mean... That's getting pretty close to him, ain't it, when you come and look on him and then pass by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound him up uh, his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him and on his on the morrow when he departed, he took out a pence or two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? Now, Jesus is getting ready here to uh, straighten out some things. This man here that Jesus had been talking to that wanted to justify himself, even though he didn't live next door uh, uh, to him, the Bible said here, which of these three thinkest thou? The priest, the Levite, or this Samaritan here going down this road? And so verse 37, he said, he that sheweth mercy un, uh, on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Now, <clears throat> as you notice your church, they were journeying. They were on a journey here, and we're on a journey here this morning. Now, I don't want to misrepresent the truth here, but these people here 
showed in just a few miles, in fact, 19 miles here, what kind of people they really were. You know, we're, we're on a journey through life, and, and there are some things in life, church, that reveals what kind of people that we really are. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> there are many different travelers on this highway of life, and they say you can spend an hour a day with someone for years and uh, not know uh, really how good they are uh, as you would if you spent three days with them in concession. Amen. And so, you know, when, when, uh, when you go to church or, or you know, it, it shows the kind of people that you really are. When, when you, you come to church, you try to dress your best and you try to act your best. And a lot of times, you know, that doesn't always reveal what you really are. Amen. I, I, I hope I, I'm, it, I, you know, I hope I can help you today. But it ought to, church. It, it, it has some signs in it. It really does. But, but when we're at church or with people, you know, uh, for just a little while, you usually try to show the better part of you. Amen. But uh, on this journey here, people find out, this journey of life, it pays to check out ourselves often, church, and, and see just what we're made up of. Amen. Sometimes we may not know ourselves. These, these people didn't have any idea. To them, it was just another trip that they were taking here. They, they didn't have any idea that this was going to be told to them by the Master. And I'm telling you, church, God has an all-seeing eye. You know, they never had any idea that the man that, that knows the thoughts and intents of our heart, that knows all about it, every secret thought, and he knows all about you and I, church, they didn't know that he would reveal what kind of, uh, of people they really were. Amen. Now, <clears throat> here's a man that had been robbed and he had been beaten, almost to death, wounded, stripped of his clothes here, his raiment, needing help. And here comes somebody by that is religious. Amen. Now, they probably went to church every Sunday. And no doubt they studied the law. In order to belong to the Sanhedrin court church, you had to know the first five books of the Bible by heart. And so here's this man, he's a priest of all, of all people, amen, a teacher. And he comes down the road and he sees this man here and he had been beaten, he'd been left for dead and he passes by on the other side of the road. A man wounded, hurt, naked, helpless. And here's a religious man over here on the other side. You know, he could see that he didn't have any weapons. He could see that he was badly in need of help laying by the side of the road. And church, as we journey down this highway of life, we need to check out our attitude. Several years ago, Brother Wilbur Thomas, uh, Thompson, and I called him last night to, to refresh my memory, but he was preaching at Allentown. I don't know if you remember Brother Philip, but he told about uh, there was a woman, uh, he, he found out later uh, more about her, but 
but uh, you know, she was left by the side of the road. She was naked, and he found out later that she had been, uh, you know, uh, mistreated. And I'll just you you know what I'm saying there uh, by several men, and and this throwed out. She was abused uh, very badly, and uh, him and another preacher people would slow down and then go on. And they seen her and stopped, and he, uh, he got out, and he took his coat off, and, and she was so frightened, and he said, Ma'am, you don't have to be afraid of me. Me and this other man, we're preachers. We're going to help you. And he gave her his coat, and they called the police and, uh, and, and uh, the rescue squad, and they came. And, uh, you know, uh, a church, uh, how we treat others. You, you can say how much you love God, but I doubt if you love God any more than how you uh, love people and love those around you. That, that's probably God's gauge that he tells how much we love him. You know, uh, he said, as much as you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. And, uh, you know, as we journey down this highway of life, church, we need to check our attitude toward other people. Now, church, you know, we're on this journey here, and uh, we meet all kinds of people on this highway of life. And sometimes we have opportunity to help those. Now, these people didn't know, and I'm sure uh, they, they, they were going to, uh, they didn't realize, church, that they were going to be tested on how they treated other people. And you and I are going to be tested, church. You know, no sooner had he gone and the Lord said, a Levite, a, a, a temple assistant, if you please, comes by here. And when he got there, he looked at him and he passed on the other side of the road. And then he says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, now, as he traveled down this road of life, uh, not just these 19 miles, church. He'd been traveling for a while, and, and he comes upon someone that others had already passed by. Brother Brother Thompson had come upon this, this woman here that others had passed by, and nobody seemed to want to help her. But, uh, you know, so often people say, well, I don't want to get involved. But, but church, uh, they didn't care. They, they, they didn't want to uh, get involved in, in this man here. And, and uh, this was included in it, church. He came upon someone that others had already uh, uh, ignored and passed by. The priest, if you please. Uh, the Levi here. You know, General uh, Wilkes Booth, he, he, he founded uh, the Salvation Army and and they were the most powerful wholeness movement in their time, church. And in dress and attitude and character, General Booth said what people really need to, to have shown unto them is somebody that loves them and shows them that they care. Now, brother, I believe God sends people our way. And it's up to you and I, church, which side of the road we pass on. It's, uh, you know, don't, don't ever think because you go to a wholeness church that that makes you holy. Amen. You know, there, there are some in our movement that are acting the part around the church. They are the most sanctified person 
that you'll nearly ever meet. But I, I, I mean, they are religious. But church, the Bible calls them a hypocrite. Now, you wouldn't expect that out of a Levite preacher, a guide to the blind, to help them to find their way, someone to show them a way. He, he, don't, he don't want you to do as he does. He wants you to do as he says. Amen. And we, we see a lot of people like that. And when, when he reads it out of the law, it's correct. And, uh, and he, he, he reads it right, church, but he is a hypocrite. Amen. He don't do what's right. And then you have a man that is a Samaritan. They were despised. They were hated. Amen. And, and this man that was going down to, uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho, he must have been a Jew. Amen. Uh, the Jews hated the Samaritan. People judge you by your reputation, church. Amen. Now, I, I've already told you that this man here showed what kind of men uh, they were on this 19-mile stretch of highway from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And so we realize not everybody that you meet out there is what they claim to be. And, you know, sometimes you'll be driving down the road and, and you'll run up on this big truck with a sign on it and says, How's my driving? And then you'll see a 1-800 number that you can call and what he's saying is, how am I doing driving this big rig? Amen. And you can call in and, and, and tell his superiors. And church, this world is grading you and I as we journey down this highway of life. We're being graded. We, we may not only uh, church uh, meet people, but we may only get one opportunity of that individual to show them the love of God. And, and you know... Uh, uh, church, if, if, I must re, if I must receive one change at someone, I pray, oh God, please, Lord, let me make the right impression on that individual. I don't want to taint the work of God, church. I don't want to uh, 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 put a bad impression on people's heart and mind. I remember uh, what was that uh, Indian guru, uh, Brother Philip uh, Gandhi, was that his name? He went to London. He went to Bible college, and, and uh, he uh, tried to, you know, uh, 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 study uh, Christianity, and he wanted to see if that was the right religion. And, and he went and lived with these uh, Christian people for seven years, I believe it was. And at the end of seven years, they were, they were so duplicit and, and, and so disrespectful until he said, this is not the true religion. I don't want to shed a light like that on people. Do you? You know, uh, we, we may never get another chance at some people. And uh, uh, Gandhi uh, became uh, uh, the, uh, the largest ruler uh, of India, the largest population, and uh, uh, led them into Hinduism. And, and, and what a... What an opportunity that family had to teach him the way of Christianity that he could have led a whole country, a nation of millions of people into Christianity. I'm telling you, church, you see, your reputation is what people think of you, but your character is what you really are. And this Bible said, and by change there came. Now, you might say it was kind of a coincidental providence, amen. 
a lot of things happen to us, and I don't know about you, church, but there are things that led uh, to my conversion, and some people uh, would say, well, that's just a coincidence. Well, uh, that's just a, a mere change. No, I believe it was the providence of God. I, I, you know, I had praying mom and dad. I had a, a good church background that taught me the basic things of God. And brother, I believe it was the providence of God uh, that God saved me. And I believe it's the providence of God that you're saved here this morning. Amen. And so God knows who would uh, hear today and, and to hear what I have to say to you. God knows who would be here. And, and you're responsible for it, church. If you choose not to listen, uh, you know, uh, uh, there was a lady told me, she said uh, she wasn't, uh, you know, responsible uh, for what the preacher said if she wasn't there. But you are responsible. If you choose not to listen, that's up to you. But God will hold each one of us responsible Amen. of the opportunities that we have. And we do not take advantage of the opportunities. Amen. Now, it was, it was the hand of God here that this fellow came by. If nobody had come by, uh, this man here would have died, church. He would, he would have been lost. And a lot of time, if I, you know, I, I, I thank God. Uh, uh, for for people, you know, uh, uh, and I think God puts us through tests at times. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 19, For there must be also heresy among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now, there comes a time when God fixes it, church, so people can see what other people are really made of and what they are really like. And God has... Mercy on us, church, if we get to the place that we can't help someone because of the color of their skin or because of the side of the tracks that they live on or what have you. I'm telling you, church, not only were these Jews prejudiced against the Samaritans here, but the Samaritans were prejudiced against the Jews. But the, this, this Samaritan here said, I don't care. This man's in trouble, and if I don't help him, he's going to die. Now, we are put in situations at time, brother, and it's up to you. If you don't help them, nobody will help them. There are some people that you can influence that nobody else can. I wish I could get this across to you. Years ago in Mississippi, I believe it was, there was a truck driver. And he was driving down a stretch of highway, and he saw a, a car leave the road, and he run out off the road into the bayou, and he was seen it go in out of sight. He slammed on his brake and jumped out of that truck, and he ran to where he seen that car go out of sight, and he jumped in the water, and he opened the car door and reached in and grabbed a young woman and pulled her out of that car and brought her to the shore, and she lived. And church, they said, why did you do that? She was, she was not uh, 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 black. She was a white woman. Why did you do that? He said, I don't care what color she was. She was in trouble, and she needed help. And, brother, it don't matter if the skin is white, black, brown, red, green, whatever it is, church. Uh, the dying Savior died for every one of us. And it's up to you and I to reach out to everybody that we possibly can and teach them the ways of God and show them the mercy and love of God. Some people... 
or against missionaries, but I'm not, church. I talked to Brother Harvey Moore this week, and we, we talk uh, quite often. He's a, a missionary to Croatia, and he also helps them in Ukraine, and, and he is a great man. And, and he said, are you going to be uh, there uh, this week? And I said, where? And he said, at your place, at, at the tabernacle where you go to church. I said, by the help of the good Lord, I'll be there. He said, well, I hope to see you. So I'm, I'm glad he's coming by. You know, God help us, church. If we're not willing to sacrifice so that others may find Christ. And I, I, we've got some good missionaries out there that's doing their very best to get the gospel out to people that in other, other circumstances would never get to hear the love of God. Many are, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, 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 uh, they're not truthful. They're not honest. But we've got some good missionaries that's doing their best and sacrificing, great sacrifice. Brother Ard is a, is a, a great missionary to Ukraine. And we got to spend some time with Brother and Sister Ard. And it, it was very touching to my heart, church, to see the burden of his heart. You know, uh, many show what kind of people they really are. And it, it don't take no 10 years, church, to find out what kind of people we really are. Amen. God gives us this golden opportunity here to show this world that we do care. And church, if you really care, it'll show in a lot of areas of your life. Oh, my wife and I, you know, I, I, I've been, uh, uh, we've been together 52 years. Amen. And we've been so long and we love each other so much, we, we get to thinking like each other. Now, you may think that's strange, but... You know, not long ago, we was at a restaurant, and Brother Philip, I looked over at her, and I said, a penny for you, all. She said, I'm just getting ready to ask you the same thing. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you're around people a long period of time, you, you know the people. You understand their burdens and, and what they go through and the thoughts of their... You see, if you are around people a whole lot on this journey of life, you find out how they think. Amen. Now, I've done carpenter work most of my life. And a lot of times I help, and I've, I've trained a lot of these young boys around here. But my brain is always thinking a little bit ahead to try to make it handy. You know, Doug told me that I made it too handy at times, you know. But, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just geared up like that. I... I can't explain a lot of it, but you know, uh, if if you get somebody don't know what they're doing, that after a while, you know, you got to put your finger on everything. If you think ahead of that guy and you stay ahead ahead of him and just hand it to him as he needs it, then that helps him. And if we think in the terms of God, church, and we think ahead and we see a man going down this highway of life and look like he may make shipwreck down there if he don't correct some things in his life and we try to help him. You know, we're doing that man a favor. Here's a man that reveals his character, and here's two others that reveal their character here. And church, in this, this walk of life here, how we ought to keep a check on ourselves. Lord, am I doing this right? Have I, have I missed a... Uh, judge myself here. Have I caused him to stumble? I don't want to be a stumbling block 
to no one. Do you? Usually, you know, if our wives point out our faults, especially if it's true, it kind of hurts our feelings. Brother Billy sent me a little caption the other day of this monkey. He's pointing a finger, and he said, if your wife tells you to correct you, to correct her if she's wrong, he said, don't, under any circumstance, don't ever correct her. Amen. You know, one lady said, you know, I believe I got the meanest children in the world. And another sister said, I believe you do too. She said, they ain't no worse than yours. <laughs> you know, why is it, church, that we can say something and if somebody else agrees with it, that hurts our feelings? Somebody get the piano. I'm rambling here this morning. I need to, I need to close. But could I say, you know, a lot of wholeness people are so touchy. I mean, it's, you know, we may have faults, but we don't know about it to point out our faults, do we? And, you know, it, it, it's not what we're eating that's uh, killing us sometimes, church. It's what's eating us, what's bothering us. There are some people that something, you know, is gnawing away on them, and it's eating away their, their spiritual house. And it's kind of like a termite. It'll destroy you after a while. We, we are traveling down this road of life, and God help us to do it right. We got one golden opportunity. We're not going to pass this way again. Seventy heartbeats a minute, we're marching toward eternity. And what we leave behind and the influence that we leave behind will decide some people's destiny. I heard years ago that we influenced 12 people in our journey down life. Twelve individuals. And I pray that, Brother Philip, I've influenced them in the right direction. I don't want to influence somebody wrong. You know, church, we, God help us to do it right. God help us to make the right decision. We're, we're going to slip away one day. I'm going to tell you, church, it may be quicker than what you think. We've had some precious friends slip away from us. And we wasn't ready for that. You know, those people that go through a long illness, and sometimes you kindly brace yourself for you know they're nearing the end. But when those that are snuffed out so quickly, so prematurely, and it's not so much what we think of me, church, but it's what does God think of me? Amen. That's a question that we each need to ask ourselves. Lord, others may think this or that, but... What do you think of me? What kind of job am I doing? Stand with me this morning. I hope I didn't worry today. But I'm telling you, church, we got one opportunity. Please let your light shine to this world. Because who knows who you influence may decide where you spend or where they spend eternity. I don't want no blood on my hands. Do you? The Bible said if the watchman see the enemy coming and he fails to warn the people and they perish, their blood shall he require at that watchman's hand. But if watchman sees the enemy coming and he warns the people and they fail to heed, then they shall die 
but he has delivered himself. I want to deliver my soul yes. to you. Yes. I don't want no blood on my hands. I don't want to influence nobody to go the wrong direction. Because we're all marching down this highway of life. And we're going to reach the end of our destiny after a while. And the life that we've lived here, the life that we've acted before our fellow man is going to decide our destiny in eternity. Amen. Would you bow your heads with us this morning, Father God? Lord, I know you dealt with my heart on these scriptures. I'm sorry, Lord, that I didn't do any better job than what I did. But I tried my best to deliver my heart. God, today, would you let this weigh on our, each of our hearts, Lord, our character, our attitude toward other people, regardless of where they live or what they have but we could show them the love of God. Lord, because this is just a preparation station for a better country, a better world. One where there is no sin and sorrow and grief. One where there is no pain, no sad goodbyes, oh God. And we're fast headed toward that city, faster than what we can even comprehend. For we're in the last stretch of the coming of the Lord. And your coming is so near and people are so far away from God. Lord, I pray today you touch hearts in this congregation. Hearts, Lord, that maybe no other thing would touch them except you. The providence of God showing mercy. I know it was your mercy even when I was running from you. Far away from my mother and dad's home. Running from God, Lord, I felt your presence tug at my heart. And I'm glad, Lord, that I was like the prodigal son that realized I'd run far enough. And I wanted to return to the God of my fathers, to that same simple faith. As a child, I once knew, for I learned it right here in the Richlands Tabernacle in Sunday school in the house of God and the love that was showed to me by those sitting among us and those that's done gone to glory God will you touch hearts today bring our loved ones back bring them back to the house of God back into the fold we have but a short while to labor help us Lord to labor our best this last stretch this last mile of the way we are in Jesus' name. As they sing, these altars are open this morning. Is there someone that you realize that you can influence and you can help? If you just put forth a little more effort, would you come Life doesn't kiss away the or the hurt you can't explain from a world that's left you lonely. Oh, but he'll take you underneath his wings. He'll restore your broken dreams. Oh, he'll love you like no No one can be. 
cannot understand. No one can bind your wounds with nails, scarred hands. No one can touch you like Jesus can. Hands that touch the blind, the lame, oh, they suffered so much pain. From a world that cruelly pierced them Oh, but from those hands flown liquid love A power from above Bringing hope and restoration No one can touch you like
There's nothing like religion in the good old-fashioned way. I got right now a sing and pray and shout. All, All my burdens have been lifted since the Savior brought me out. I'll tell the world both far and near and the travel here below. I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know. There's nothing like an old time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking in a grand old highway and telling everywhere I go I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know How about let's stand and sing that? How about let's stand and sing I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know There's nothing like an old time Christian with a Christian love to show Walking in the grand old highway, telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know. There's nothing like an old time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be an old time Christian Lord than anything I know. Oh, I believe that is the mark of a Christian, isn't it? Isn't that the mark of a Christian that you love God and you love your fellow man? Sometimes that's, I'm not easy to love sometimes. Do you know that? Don't ask Aranda. I'm not always easy to love. But I know that if we love Jesus and we love him just right, we will love each other. When I was a kid, many times, you know, as, as, a, as a young person, you know, the weight of the world would be on you and you wouldn't always feel just right. But I know one thing, when we'd come into the house of God and I'd get prayed, slapped through, boy, it made a difference. When I looked at everybody else, I loved them way better when I was prayed through. You know it? When I pray through, I love you better. And when you pray through, you'll love me better. And that's, that's the good preaching this morning, wasn't I appreciate the word of the Lord that Brother Roger delivered to us this morning. Don't forget service tonight, 6 o'clock. I assume we're not having a choir practice, so service tonight at 6 o'clock. Come praying and believing. And let's, uh, let's pray that the 